ध्यान दीजिए ये गाड़ी स्टेशन की ओर जा रही है कृपया अपनी दिमाग की खिड़कियाँ खुली रखें धन्यवाद हेलो वेलकम टू कृपया ध्यान दीजिए आई एम मृदुला एंड आई एम फीलिंग लाइक जादू बिकॉज आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टू सिट अंड Hey guys, I'm Garima. I deadlifted 100 kgs. Yes, that's me. Hi guys, I'm Durga. I may not be able to deadlift like Garima, but I definitely love traveling and I'm craving it a lot these days. I'm just in sh- Hi, I'm Shivani. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Garima lifted 100 kgs. Oh my god. That's I'm sure true. I'm thinking I'm the mode of DJing. Yeah. Today we are going to talk about is my therapist a perfect match for me? What do you guys think? It sounds as if we soulmate finding mission पे जाना है instead of finding a therapist. Well, soulmate की fit नहीं मिलता. What is a perfect match? I mean, we're always told about how it looks and what it's supposed to feel like. But when you ask yourself, what is a perfect match for you? It's quite tough to know that unless you meeting a lot of people and finally knowing which person is compatible. So I can't even imagine that in a therapeutic space. Yeah that's kind of what I was coming to that we have been told about the perfect match is life partners and all of that but what about a therapist what's that supposed to look like people tell you ki aise aise hona chahiye but with respect to a therapist it's very difficult to identify cuz no one's ever had this conversation that's true so that means maybe if you have some sort of checklist to begin with you will be closer to meeting your match that also sounds very idealistic That's what people say also in movies, right? What does like the perfect man look like, or what does like the perfect woman look like? She has to look like this, and he has to look like that, and they have to have all these qualities. And I think with therapists, because it's a professional, you're thinking about their qualifications and you're thinking about their experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that dictates if that's going to be the perfect match for you because you're sitting across somebody talking about very difficult things. and so but how do you respond to you and how you feel around that but you can't know that unless you go to a therapy room and see if that person is someone you want to come back to sessions for and nobody tells you that i'm thinking of that dialogue in uh, dear zindagi movie between sharukh khan and alia about about the chair how would you know if you like this chair unless you don't sit on it and i was thinking even if you give this benefit of the doubt that you know i find over some time that the other person is right for me even then i think even at the outset we do start with some basic like non negotiable things that we do want to see in the other person and right now i'm thinking that if let's say i'm getting a list of therapists that i can uh, get in touch with in delhi i'm not going to get in touch with all 10 of them so even before meeting somebody some criterias are kicking into my mind and i think those criterias probably look like what durga said qualifications experience some therapists tend to specialize in certain areas of let's say anxiety or stress and all of those things would matter to me uh, i would want to go visit someone who specializes in the kind of concern that i'm looking to go to therapy for that would also mean you know what kind of concern you have but that's not always how it happens Yeah, that's true. It's not the case always. Minded of my experience where I went down this route of looking at a profile online, and then I looked at it like that, like a solution to a problem that I was having. You may come in with this information, but then it turns out that you won't know much about the relationship, and 
that was actually something I struggled to have with the therapist. I got a lot of help, but then I didn't really feel much of a connection with my therapist. Durga, you said about a particular kind of therapy. Like, what did you mean by that? There's a school of thought called cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a school of thought that's normally helps patients with or clients with anxiety or certain areas, like you said earlier about stress. So a lot of therapists who specialize in that are supposed to. And I remember thinking, I want a CBT therapist because I have anxiety. That's what I thought would be the right match for me. I'm thinking of my experience and how I stumbled upon a good therapist. But I don't know whether this therapist is a good fit for me. I'm only thinking, yeah, I seem to feel content or safe right now. But maybe over the years, I may outgrow this therapist and and then this therapist wouldn't be working for me. Mm. I think this good fit is a very romanticized term. Why do you say that, Shivani? It brings out an imagery of uh, two pieces of puzzle. They fit only in one way and that's perfect. I'm like, if you separate them, they wouldn't fit with any other piece of the puzzle, which may not necessarily be true. You will obviously find some other person, other therapist, because your needs are changing over time. You are growing as a person. I think I really like what you said, Shivani, because for me, at least at the end of the day, therapy is a relationship that I'm building with my therapist. I don't think that any relationship comes perfect, you know, or is made perfect just from the very beginning. You have to put in work. The other person has to put in work to make it reach a stage that you both feel comfortable, safe in. It sort of made me think of that, not just in my other social relationships, but even in my therapy, it's constant work that comes in from both my therapist and from me that makes the relationship what it is. So I really like what you said. It's not like they are just two pieces of puzzles that fit together. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Thinking about the kind of needs one may have in this particular relationship. And the first kind of need everyone has is because it's with a professional. You're thinking... Are, my prof- are these needs being met of mine that a professional is ex- expected to help me with? And then there's the personal one, which is more like, do I like the kind of personality of this therapist? Are they too talkative? Are they more of a listener? Am I okay with that? Do I feel comfortable and at ease around them? Or do I feel tense around them? I want to circle back to what Mirbula said about, you know, putting in the work from both sides. Something about it made it sound as if um, doing therapy and getting to know the other person is sort of like a negotiation. And it won't happen unless and until there's some sort of feedback and some sort of information about, I feel this way, I look at you this way, that kind of information coming from both ends. And when Durga was sort of describing the first initial um, CBT therapy that she went to where her anxiety or her concern was taken care of, but she didn't really feel like she had a relationship with her therapist. I'm wondering if the focus was just on one person. The therapist was just a source of techniques or guidance or some sort of input. And I'm wondering whether therapists feel like it is about providing support, but sometimes a lot of people may not go in depth about what is the relationship. Could be, but I also feel like maybe 
collaborative nature of that is so unique between two people and i don't know how much of time is spent on reflecting on that for the therapist and the patient to feel like i really fit well it took me also a couple of therapists to finally realize that okay this feels right and i don't know what that change was about honestly now that i look back at it but there was something about safety and trust for me which i didn't feel with the previous therapist that i was and i didn't stay in those therapeutic relationships for a long time either it was two three sessions and within those two three sessions something just didn't feel right you know the way that the therapist would talk to me one of my therapists i remember was very very condescending and said that i am responsible for the problems in my life oh if you would have done something then this wouldn't have happened to you um, yeah, it sounds like a mom not a therapist <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and i was very scarred by that statement and there's something about providing safety and support as a therapist but this just felt the opposite of it and that's when i realized that maybe this is not the right therapist for me i have to ask you all what would you think just at the top of your head what would, i don't know a good fit feel for you guys i think somewhere where i feel comfortable enough to share about what's been on my mind without the fear of being judged that would be very important for me i think it would be that the ability to be myself and just run through the range of unhinged thoughts and emotions i experience but also being a space where i am challenged and i'm but i'm not made to feel like i'm alone in my responsibility to be better and feel better and do better so i think i would feel supported by somebody that equally nurtured me and equally challenged me that's a really nice balance yeah i was just thinking ridula uh, of what you said earlier how the therapist was you use the word condescending but i'm just thinking were you looking for blanket support i'm actually seeing that as confrontation and not as condescending is that w- what we want from a therapist he they sympathizing with us telling us ki oh it's not your fault it's okay let me take care of you and then like bombing us first and then like he excuse me then confronting you there would be a difference between a confrontation or like garima said being challenged and there's a difference between blaming the person for something that's happened in their life being confrontational or challenging me to think about what my role was in that situation would be different than telling me that it is because of you because you didn't do anything and there's a difference in that tone and how you do it and what the intention of it is that made me feel very unsafe that made me feel like the therapist probably wasn't even listening to what i was saying what's really interesting in this conversation right now is that both of you have very different ideas of what you like in therapy as well Mm. So Shivani likes it quite tough I would say she likes the confrontation and that's how she takes reality and that's how she thinks whereas Mithila you do like the challenge but you do care about things like tone and what is being said to you then i find that really interesting because i think i'm more like your style Mithila where i like to find my way and i'd like to know how is this person soft with me and then am i ready for them to be hard on me a little bit later and to me i'm thinking that might be a good fit for me in the future mm, yeah and i also want to go back to what you had said earlier mudila about what you think was a good fit and you had brought up how you don't want to be in a space that seems judgmental 
And I think there's a common assumption that, oh, if you're a psychotherapist, then you won't be judgmental. You're supposed to be empathetic all the time. You're supposed to be understanding every story that your client comes in with. Mm-hmm. But I want to also put it out there that before we're therapists, we're human beings. And it is very inherent in us to judge people. And I'm not saying that it's always with the negative connotation. But it is natural for us because we come from a background with a history. We all have biases. It's very natural to judge. But a judge yeah. with a negative connotation is what I think you were feeling, that I'm being judged for who I am. And I agree. That's not very nice to have in that space. Yep, That's true. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Yeah, Durga, when Radhila was speaking, my focus also went on the word judge because I think the way it was said. But then a brief moment later, it was fear of being judged that was used. And I was like, yeah, right. Because everyone is judging, but I want to be in a place where I feel safe being judged. And I want to explore what the judgment other people are holding for me. But the fear of being judged is the place where then I start... uh, shrinking or distancing myself that I think is what we mean at least I mean when I use the word unsafe or I don't feel myself what does it mean though to feel safe now in a therapeutic relationship because there are a lot of difficult feelings that are coming up in that space yeah I think we've already been having a conversation about that pretty indirectly I would say about Let's say even what Shivani brought up about just, sure, we are going to be judged because we are human beings and that's kind of how we make sense of everything. But Durga, like you also said, that there is something about just feeling unsafe when someone puts that judgment on you. And I think for me, therapy is that space that how Garima used the word challenge. I don't know if it's judgment packed in the form of challenge, but when I come and say that, you know, this happened and I feel this way about it, I'm also made to see not just what I was feeling, but also how probably I can take accountability and responsibility for it. And that's what matters to me. But I think Shivani, you pointed out something really important about the whole confrontation aspect of it I think that is really important in a therapeutic space because I don't want someone who just agrees with me on things it's more about getting a different perspective it's about accepting my own responsibility in situations in some way I'm still uh, sort of stuck on Durga's question of what would make you feel safe or unsafe in the therapy space Uh, one of the things that stand out for me is if I feel like I have to modify what I'm saying, which might affect the other person and then change their behavior towards me, I think that would make me feel like the therapeutic space is not safe because my mind actually goes to the relationships around me towards my parents, my partner, my sister, or let's say my colleagues and my friends. I can't just say whatever I want to them there's always going to be a politeness to what I say or if I have to say something incredibly hard-hitting then it's a rare occasion and then it comes with a lot of comforting and blanketing and all of that but the therapeutic space sort of allows you to be much more direct and much more honest with what you are feeling and seeing and my therapist liking towards me or accepting towards me is going to be compromised then I think It's just going to be a replication of all of the relationships I have outside where I have to think twice before speaking. 
I think Garima, what you said brings to my mind cycle expectation of being the way that I am. I was thinking of therapy as space where I can leave that behind for some time, for that one hour, once a week, and just mm-hmm. really, really talk about what I've been feeling without yeah. the pressure of having to feel that, oh, what will the other person think? Oh, what will my parents mm-hmm. think? Am I being selfish for feeling this way? Something a friend of mine shared with me that she feels very undecisive about whether to stick on with a therapist or leave or. On the one hand, uh, she felt gaslighted by her therapist. She felt misunderstood. She felt like she was pointed out for things that were uncalled for. And, and on the other hand, she's been seeing the therapist for so long, like it's been a couple of months, that the idea of finding somebody new, retelling your story, you know, going over all of those initial things of building a relationship with your therapist and then diving deeper kick in again so then it also comes the question of do you stick on for the sake of sticking on because finding somebody else is too tedious again like very very close to what it feels like when you're dating somebody you don't really like all that yeah, yeah. what is gaslighting Garima? gaslighting is when you express something you feel but the other person tells you that it's not right for you to feel that way because there are some other reasons why you should be feeling different. It's a it's a form of invalidating what the other person has experienced by putting them down. It's quite difficult to detect that because it's at an emotional level. So most people don't realize they're being gaslit by somebody else. When she narrated the dilemma to me, the first thing that came into my mind was, why didn't you tell your therapist that you feel that way? And of course, I'm seeing this as somebody who's far away from the situation, feeling very secure in her own therapeutic relationship, Mm -hmm. as someone who's not experienced gaslighting yet in the therapeutic setting. That recommendation also, and I felt that question Mm -hmm. in me, why didn't you have the guts to speak up? I relate to this experience a lot in the sense that I didn't have much of a fit like I told you all with my CBT therapist. But then my need to be in some space to speak about my anxiety was so important to me that I prioritized that over. You know, maybe I'm going to take a pause and just find another therapist to help me with my anxiety. I don't know if your friend sort of felt the same way about her priorities. But I was in a place where it was very difficult for me to hold all that anxiety by myself. And I didn't feel like I had the support to talk about it. Before I met the CBT therapist, I was with another one. And our compatibility was very good. And what was the hiccup there? She was not able to commit to sessions with me. And I was not able to meet her regularly. And that really frustrated me because I was like, I don't know whether I'm getting the next session or not. So sometimes it really is difficult because logistics come in the way. So relationship is not working. You're not making progress and you don't know why you keep coming session after session. And I have to admit that it's quite discouraging because then you're like, what is the right fit? And I want it, but then which is the right criteria to look at? I think what you spoke about, Durga, and even you, Garima, reminding me of my own experience of having to find a new therapist and how painful it can be to some extent. I remember yeah. the first time I got into therapy with a therapist I really actually liked. And there were some issues and she had to leave the organization. And when I was told about it, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Okay, I'm just going to find another one. And I remember getting off that session and just crying after that because, oh my God, 
panicked like literally Absolutely. alarm bells ringing in my head it took me so long for it to hit me that someone i really like my therapist the first one that i found after searching is now leaving and now i'll have to do this again and just the frustration that comes with it that i'll have to go into my life story all over again from the very beginning but before that to even just find someone that i feel safe and comfortable enough with to again go through two three sessions and make up my mind on do i really want to continue with this therapist just the thought of that was so scary to me at that moment and i felt drained because i was like it takes a lot of energy to be able to do that so it's really vulnerable to be able to go through that process all over again that bridge you were talking about in the beginning sessions yeah and i think it is really really difficult and i feel that effort when you said it as well that oh god i have to look all over again and talking about your life story again and again is really heavy and you're just hoping that will this be the right fit after all this stuff that i've opened up about i'm actually thinking of two things one is about culture and second about life story we as as people are evolving all the time why are we thinking ki when i'm changing my therapist i have to go through the same process with the other therapist before i start building your narrative has already changed so why wouldn't your story also change it's not the same repetition there are elements of your story coming up but part of the work also lies with the patient or the client to rethink how has this therapeutic engagement changed me and how it has changed my life narrative and what do i now want to bring to the therapist not necessarily the new therapist has to know everything that has been done and established in the earlier therapeutic relationship what i understood from that is you continue with the new therapist with certain stories at that point in your life but what i disagree with here is that there are a lot of other themes from your childhood or your past that you have to repeat with the new therapist here right and that's what i felt when mudila talked about effort because the weight of me not only discovering my childhood with one therapist but then to explain it all over again to a new therapist because it's still relevant to my current problems that i'm bringing up is still heavy again even though i've done it two three times and it feels like a lot of like an almost like an ordeal right but i was That's also true. thinking about there has to have been a therapeutic relationship in the first place for that narrative to have changed and in my case it didn't happen because at least with the first one the one where i spoke of having had the bad experience that was like two three sessions and then i was like okay i need to move on and find another one because this is not going to work out for me and again when when i started therapy with my second therapist the one that i felt comfortable with that would have been about 8 to 10 sessions and that's not enough that is at least when it comes to doing depth work it's so many of your earlier sessions just go in building that relationship finding that comfort building that rapport which is why i felt like oh god i'll have to start again also that there was a fundamental issue that i probably first sought therapy for and if it's not if i'm not able to talk about it because my therapists are changing or i'm not finding the right fit then i do feel this need to start from the very beginning but you're not wrong in saying that your narratives change and i think that would happen if you've been in therapy with your previous therapist for a considerable amount of time yeah mm. i mean when you said shivani that it's also for a patient to think about why they're responding this way 
I am very aware with how I have this need to have my therapist fully understand what my life story is. Yeah, um, it's important. Yeah, one it is important from a you could say an information gathering point of view. They need to know all the details, but also at some level, it's I am quite particular about the the precision of which I'm understood. Um, yeah. and I think. that comes from my inherent need to be real controlling about that i'm not i'm being very honest here because it's one thing to be like no 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 you got it wrong no 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 that's not what i meant and that is says a lot about me also why can't i have an interpretation told about me because it's almost like i'm not willing yet i want you to understand me perfectly if that's the case why am i in therapy to work on myself right i'm not letting that person tell me what they're thinking about my story i want them to know it the way i know it that doesn't help me grow actually yeah so i feel part of it is on me as well expecting the therapist to understand me maybe that's me thinking that's the fit i want they have to get me perfectly mm-hmm. which actually is not healthy for me mm-hmm. like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store I was thinking of Parma's friend that the the incident that that you shared with us and how much of our cultural learning is taking place in it. Even this idea of good fit or just having one partner and like, or like establishing something with the partner and then feeling like oh, but I've already done so much with this person, I don't want to go through the same ordeal and do I even have that energy? i'm just thinking of the attitude towards the same issue like uh, something about our culture where bhai ek patri pe chalu hue ho to bhai isi pe continue karo <laughs> even with our careers how our elders are like you know but you have studied this you did your graduation your post graduation and now you're thinking of changing the field what rubbish just take one track and then then only you'll achieve something think what i meant with the cult- bringing the culture wala part is people from other cultures probably who have more open understanding of and they revisit whether the relationship is working for them or not quitting it there vaki for their own sanity and also at the same time not being paralyzed with the idea of like oh my god the same ordeal my point here being the attitude towards yeah. when something is not working out mm. one cripples us and other is it's a new challenge yeah i agree with that yeah yeah that's definitely one way to look at culture the other thing that's also standing out for me is how as indians we are not encouraged to be vocal about our needs and not be vocal about things that dissatisfy us and make us uncomfortable especially in relationships and so i'm thinking that um if i'm in a therapeutic relationship and it's worked well for me like for the most of it but there are some bits of it that you know stick out and make me uncomfortable sometimes i'm always going to be inclined to think ki itna sab theek hai ab itne mein se kya mean make karu which is like the bulk of it is okay so why why do i have to be nitpicky about the things that aren't working out but i think at the heart of it it's more to do with the fact that do i think i'm deserving of the care that i actually need until the point i feel that i don't deserve care comfort appropriate challenge containment from the other side i'm not going to ask for it also i think what you said is very important because i was thinking of how you said that as indians we are taught not to be vocal about our needs but i'm also thinking as women we are four women yeah. in this room yeah 
and how as women we are told to you know just get on with it like sahelo jitna bhi sah sakte sahelo and just keep moving on and and i don't think that we are encouraged to state what we feel what we need what we want for ourselves but more about what do others need from us and that too can be a huge barrier in getting the right care for ourselves because like you said asking mm. myself questions constantly like do i really need it kya ye mujhe sachi mein chahiye should i put people around me you know through that trouble should i put myself through that trouble and just questions like these that make me feel guilty for wanting to reach out for my own care is it really that important that you would inconvenience the other person that's the feeling yeah exactly think also as women uh, we don't have a language we've never been allowed to develop a language for these feelings or these needs and so when somebody asks us a question you're like what are you talking about because that's the situation that we've been in for so many years generations of women have also not questioned what they need because society has been shaping them to be people who are caregivers who provide uh and often it is you're praised for saying oh you're taking on so much yeah. right and that's the issue here as well that strangely in a society where it's not you tell women that they can be emotional and they have all these needs we somehow don't know how to verbalize them which is actually quite suffocating i'm also thinking that when we catch on to these things that there's an inability from our side to be vocal about our needs yes that's one thing but change in therapeutic relationships are not predicated on only one person undoing their culture or undoing their learning and upbringing and context i think there also has to be some sort of active effort from the therapist to continually keep asking you how do you feel about this how do you feel about that openness to feedback and mm-hmm. i think that's another criteria that's very important to me in the therapeutic relationship if my therapist does not care enough to ask me how i'm doing after a particularly bad um, session or if they're not asking me if i'm okay with this or that not ask me for feedback then something's missing there because then i'm thinking that the therapist is just auto- automatically assuming that whatever they're doing is right and all of the change that has to happen is only coming from the client side that's also a little lock sided i think Yeah that's very true and I agree with that and I'm also thinking in that context that does my therapy give me the space to actually be able to convey that to my therapist mm-hmm. that hey I feel like these conversations aren't happening does the space allow me to be able to state my discomfort with certain things and that would do be another important criteria for me sort of realize that okay I feel comfortable enough and safe enough in this space and this is something that we can build together me and my therapist where I can feel free enough to tell my therapist that I feel like I would want something to happen that is not happening this conversation has been very interesting to me because i've come to realize that i was struggling to state that i was not happy with certain things in that therapeutic relationship mm. and i think i rationalized uh, our relationship to the point of oh these things are working out so that means my needs are being met but then what about other certain needs i have those are also things that i'm not talking about because i felt like does it really matter do i really need to like garima said earlier oh it's so much more convenient to just not say anything but actually it's a huge inconvenience to how i'm feeling and all the time and money i'm spending here as well with my therapist yeah. and it definitely comes from me not wanting to question this and i've done that sometimes when i've sat there and i've thought 
anyway i know myself better so how does it matter yeah. and that's going back to the default thing ki ha this is more convenient anyway yeah. it's very crazy how sometimes you think this is a good fit when my needs are being met but there are so many other needs that i'm negating probably because i've been conditioned to not think of these as needs as well in a relationship yeah and i'm kind of thinking about what you said the, the that you know that you kind of just know yourself better so why bother and i was thinking about how we tend to do this in our relationships outside of that therapeutic space and one of the reasons why i'm coming into that space is to be able to break out of those patterns to be more vocal yeah. about what i'm feeling without hesitating you know second guessing myself and if i'm going to be doing the same in that space then i mean what's sure initially yeah what's the point and initially it might happen a lot but i'm hoping that as my therapy progresses i'm able to step out of that i'm able to convey that these are the thoughts that i sit with more openly I think it's safe to say that at least I had this very ideal picture in my head about what the perfect fit would look like with like a checklist of sorts. I think you've gone way deeper with how it's about your needs and it's about um safety of space and feeling comfortable about what you can bring up in a therapeutic space and that's so different from the picture perfect idea of what a perfect match looks like as well. I hope you've enjoyed the journey with us so far. Thanks for tuning in and see you at the next session.